Hello, church family and friends of uh, San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. This is Dee Kelly. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and it is a privilege to welcome you to our Connecting Points podcast. Connecting Points, if you're unfamiliar with it, concludes our week-long look of the lectionary readings that are associated with this past Sunday, June 11th. And so on June 12th, we kind of bring an end to uh, the examination of the four readings that we have each week. And the one we looked at on June 11th on Sunday was the Romans 4 passage. We're connecting it to the Genesis 12 passage. But there are also some beautiful connections to the other two passages as well, both in Matthew 9 and in Psalm 33. We'll come to those in a few moments. Often what we do, and we will do this time, is to read the connecting point passage that we've not yet looked at, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. This particular day, I am reading out of the NIV, and so I'm beginning in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people that had been acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. The Canaanites were then in the land, but the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the story of the calling of Abram. And some portions of this are referenced in what was talked about on Sunday in Romans chapter 4, because there is in Romans chapter 4 this um, creation of an argument by the writer Paul as to how we as Gentiles are included into the promise of God. And instead of hailing back to Moses or the law or some of the prophets, he goes all the way back to Abraham, whose name gets changed to Abraham. And Sarai's name changed to Sarah. Part of the reason he goes back there is that some of the unique characteristics of the Jewish people, the outward markings, the um, obedience to the law, all of those things come after this point in time with Abram. Here we find God inviting, calling Abram to the promised land. I might mention something that is fun to think about. Um, as you maybe read other portions of the Old Testament, that in Scripture, particularly the Old Testament, the land itself 
is sometimes described as a character of the storyline. We often think of characters as being humans, people, that are um, carrying the storyline of a particular passage. But throughout the Old Testament, we have this notion of land being so important to identifying a group of people that it itself becomes a character in the story. And so we have God inviting Abram from the land of his fathers to a new place, a promised land. And this promised land is spoken of throughout the Old Testament as a very key part of what it means to have a promise from God for the people of God. But when we look at the connection to Romans, we are looking at an argument that Paul is putting together of why most of us who are Gentiles, why we are connected or included or wrapped into the promise of God. And Paul makes the argument that it's not because of what we've done. It's not because of characteristics we have. It's not by our obedience of the law. It's by God's promise. Because if it were by what we could do, we wouldn't need God. But this covenant or this promise made by God is that God will do those things what, in those areas where we can't do anything, where we're unable to fulfill the law or keep the law. So this invitation in Genesis 12.9 has a beautiful connecting point um, in particular, because in the story, it already tells us how old Abram is when he leaves, 75 years old. And for the next, we believe, 25 years, nothing happens that indicate that Abram and Sarai are going to have any children at all. They are so old that it, by all understanding of how things work, there is no hope for children. We find later in the story that Abram at age 100, gives birth to a child. And in this process, we find the God who is able to create things out of nothing, as Romans 4 says, creates out of Abram and Sarai progeny, those who will inherit and bring about the population of the promised land. This is the connection, at least one of the connections, between Romans and Genesis 12. And it's a powerful connection. If I could just make reference as well to Matthew and Psalm, Psalm 33 is the passage for this particular week. Matthew 9 is the calling of Matthew. So it's wonderful how we get in the New Testament storylines that repeat themselves with other individuals. So just like Abram was called... So Matthew was called to leave where he was as a tax collector and follow Jesus, find a new identity in what Christ was providing. And it wasn't that Matthew gave up all of who he was. He just surrendered all of who he was to Jesus. And Jesus took him in a new path, making something out of nothing. The other argument that Paul makes in Romans is that this is the one who creates life out of death. The God we serve. Death isn't the end of the story. There is a life that comes after that. And we think about that in eternal uh, terms 
as in heaven following death, but we also think it about the here and now. We might have the death of a dream that produces life of a new dream. We might have death of hope, and out of that comes a new vision of what could be. We might have uh, the death of um, some time span, and yet God doesn't waste anything, including time, and there can be a new trajectory that happens because of what took place. So here we have in Matthew, the calling of Matthew, and Matthew is invited into a new understanding of what the future might hold. The other piece that I want to connect to is Psalm 33. And for me, Psalm 33 fits beautifully with that part of the story in Romans where Paul says God creates something out of nothing. It is one more creation hymn. We've seen several of them the last few weeks. Psalm 8 was a beautiful creation hymn. This one is as well. It talks about God's breath creating um, those things that we see in the, in the heavens, in the skies. And it reminds me that often the opening of our scripture in Genesis chapter 1 is referred to as a creation hymn. A beautiful written piece, in some ways um, narrative poetry. And when we look at Psalm 33, we see some of the mystery and beauty of God's wonderful creation. So I wonder, in these connecting points from Old Testament to New Testament, from Psalms to the Gospels, is there a chance that maybe you could reflect on a creation vision yourself? If you face some spot that seems like it's come to a dead end, where it seems like there's nothing ahead, what if you spend some time just allowing your mind to move toward how God creates something out of nothing? What would a creation hymn look like concerning your life? What could you envision that God could be forming inside of you as a pathway of new hope, new ideas, new ways to look at situations, new understanding? Because God, out of death, brings life. New ideas, new vision. So what might a creation hymn look like for you? Maybe you start putting your thoughts to poetry or on a piece of paper. Or maybe you take a walk through the creation that you know is all around you and allow some of those things to become a stimulation of what could be. A walk down by the ocean, a pathway through the forest, or just to walk through the neighborhood, to refresh your eyes, to open up your heart to how God might connect you through these connecting point scriptures to a new way of looking at your life and your circumstances. That's the God we serve, the God of life. Hope you have a wonderful week. Great to be with you and look forward to joining with you again and our first impressions at the start of the new week of the lectionary readings. Thanks all.